providing you with health information and guests to elevate your health and life and help make your life better in 30 minutes or less. This is the Frontline Health Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Frontline Health by CenturionLabs.com. Today, we're continuing our talk on ADHD and tackling two areas around ADHD that have been making headlines. The impact of excessive screen time in the ongoing debate surrounding fluoride exposure and its potential effects on neurodevelopment, especially in children. To help us navigate these complex issues, we've gathered a wealth of information from recent studies and experts in these respective fields. Let's begin with the connection between excessive screen time and the alarming rise of ADHD in our youth. Just as a reminder, from one of our earlier episodes, diagnoses for ADHD were only 3% of the population in 1980. While in 2014, over 20% of 12-year-old boys were diagnosed with ADHD, and another more recent study in 2020 showed over 20% of kids and young adults aged 5 to 20 were diagnosed with ADHD, and of those kids, over 80% were treated with some form of stimulant medication. So we clearly have a growing problem, and it makes sense to dive into as many possible reasons for this growing epidemic as we possibly can. I think we can all agree that excessive screen time has become a common feature in the lives of our kids. But the question becomes, is ADHD one of its consequences? We know that screens do overstimulate neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine, which are vital for mental health. We also know that overstimulation of these pathways can lead to disorders such as ADHD and developmental delays. Recent research has painted a compelling picture of how screen time actually affects young children's development. In a 2023 study that included over 7,000 kids aged 2 to 4, researchers found a significant association between screen time at age 1 and developmental delays at ages 2 and 4. The delayed ramifications of screen exposure is definitely a concern. Dr. Victoria Dunkley, who's a child psychiatrist, also emphasized emphasizes that interactive screens, including social media and mobile games, can put kids' nervous systems into a state of constant arousal, which can short-circuit the brain's frontal lobe, leading to issues like impulsivity, restlessness, aggression, and even depression. To address these The screen time epidemic, experts actually actually recommend reducing screen exposure, especially for young children, which makes total sense. For instance, a recent study showed that children were nearly nine times more likely to overuse screens when watching alone compared to watching with a parent or other kids. So parental involvement seems to be crucial in managing screen time, which shouldn't be really much of a surprise for any of us. But let's focus on fluoride for just a few minutes and the potential connection between fluoride exposure and neurodevelopmental effects in kids. 
As we learn more about fluoride and these potential effects, it brings into question one of the main public policy debates, adding fluoride to our water supplies. Dr. Howard Hugh, who's a renowned scientist in environmental health, has led a groundbreaking study on this topic. He conducted a study titled Element, which was a pregnancy and birth cohort research project funded by both the EPA and the NIH that explored the impact of prenatal and postnatal fluoride exposure on children's cognitive outcomes. The results have raised some serious concerns. What he showed was that half a milligram per liter, a, a half a milligram per liter increase in prenatal fluoride exposure was significantly associated with a loss of cognitive points in young children. Dr. Bruce Lamphier, who's another prominent scientist in neurotoxicity, has also found a negative association between early life fluoride exposures and children's cognitive performance. He found a loss of IQ points in children exposed to higher levels of fluoride. Yet the debate surrounding fluoride's potential effects on neurodevelopment is at this point somewhat inconclusive. There was one study out of Spain that actually suggested lower levels of fluoride may have some benefit. So it's essential that we continue to explore this issue to ensure the safety of our communities and make the best decisions we possibly can on our public health, like adding fluoride to our water. But based on today's information, what are a few practical things we can do to protect our kids and keep from having an over-reliance on pharmaceuticals, especially pharmaceuticals like amphetamines for ADHD? First, I think we need to consider some lifestyle changes like reducing screen time. We should really try to avoid excessive screen use, often referred to as that babysitter screen time. We know this little step can make a huge impact on a child's impulsivity, restlessness, aggression, and even depression. Second, it may be a good idea to go ahead and get a filter on the water that comes into your house. So the water you drink reduces the intake of fluoride until we get a greater clarity on how fluoride is truly affecting our health and our kids' health. With that, it concludes this episode of Frontline Health by CenturionLabs.com. I hope you found this exploration of screen time and fluoride exposure and its potential effects on ADHD informative, and that it's given you a few things to think about and will be a catalyst for you to take ownership of your health. If you'd like to learn more about optimizing your health, ADHD, or other health-related topics, you can go to centurionlabs.com or subscribe to the Frontline Health Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and remember, go out today and take ownership of your health, because no one cares more about your health than you. Until next time, take care and stay healthy. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Frontline Health Podcast by Centurion, where our desire is to elevate your health and life. If you found benefit from this episode or know someone who could, please pass it along. We'd love to hear any feedback or questions you may have by emailing us at admin at centurionlabs.com. Until next time, remember, you are your best health advocate. 
So go take ownership of your health today.